Tonight on Fig Tree Watchers, it's Friday Night Prophecy, and we're going to be live with Io from Amitsu Study. That's next here on Fig Tree Watchers. Man, it is that time, isn't it? You know, the time. He's coming in the clouds. That's right. It's Jesus. Man, we're getting so close. So invite a friend. Invite someone you know who needs the truth of Jesus Christ in their life. Oh, it's so good, everyone. I look forward to Friday Night Prophecy. And we got a discussion for you tonight uh, with Brother Io as he's joining us live. Uh, it is going to be a very interesting discussion tonight. And uh, I think you're going to love it. So here's the question, right? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? And, and if you don't, what do you think you know about the church? How do you know that, you know, what it is that you believe? As Christians, we believe that the Bible is the infallible Word of God. It is the living, breathing essence of Jesus Christ Himself. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we believe that God's word is literally all about Jesus. In fact, Jesus made this statement after he rose from the dead. He said, look, he explained to the people on the road, to immigrants, look, everything that the law and the prophets said about me, explained it to them, was about Jesus. And so we look at Bible prophecy because it's talking about the return of Jesus Christ. And our emphasis needs to be on Him. So this is important. And um, keep that in mind tonight, that the focus of every Christian walk needs to be on Jesus. So let's get ready. And um, my co-host, Io, is... We're going to get started right now. There he is. We just had a little glitch there. That's crazy. Um, let me bring him on. There he is. We'll get started. And we do have a question. Hey, everyone. Good evening. Good morning, wherever you guys are at. Nice to be on hey. again, brother. Uh, we have... Uh... I have to use this because I can't comment on your live. Uh, my comments fall. Yeah, it's okay. No problem, Alphabet. You can comment all you want, all you want here. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, he says, God bless everyone. We're going to put that up there for everyone to see because that is important. Everyone should see that. God bless everyone. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Apologetics. God we bless have open glitch there going on, and uh, it's kind of funny. Hey, um, tonight, why don't you lead us in prayer, and then we'll get started. Sounds good. Uh, Father, thank you for getting all of us through just another week, Lord. Uh, we know that uh, our life is but a vapor. We're here today, gone tomorrow, so we shouldn't take each day you give us for granted. So thank you for bringing us to the end of this weekend, Lord, uh, or the end of this week, rather, to this weekend. Uh, we just pray that your Holy Spirit works uh, with Brother Stefan and I, that you guide us and uh, guide our words tonight, Lord, that uh, we discuss things from Scripture. We always bring people back to your word, point people back to Christ, Lord. Uh, may you use this to encourage your children, and may you use this to also plant seeds of the gospel in the hearts of unbelievers as well, so that they may also 
uh, come to a saving knowledge of your son. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. So uh, we do have a lot to discuss tonight uh, here on uh, Friday Night Prophecy, which is the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy. And so we're going to be bringing up a lot of news items. Um, why don't you start us out and, uh, you know, we'll get, we'll get to the big stuff that we want to talk about tonight in a, in a little bit. But why don't you start us out where you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to start with weather. Uh, it's usually something that we usually start with. It's, it's been a while since we've talked about weather, like earthquakes. Um, I know that for a long time, too, when we first started doing these IG Lives for Friday Night Bell Prophecy, we also talked about the shootings in, um, in Chicago. So we obviously know the gun violence, everything's going up. We're going to be talking about what happened in Texas later uh, tonight as well. Um, but to start with the weather, this is from Barron's. Uh, the headline reads, U.S. must prepare for heightened 2022 hurricane season, uh, says NOAA. NOAA is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So the article says the 2022 Atlantic hurricane season will be more active than normal, with at least six hurricanes forecast to emerge from more than a dozen tropical storms. Um, so, I mean, this isn't really surprising. They, we, we, we get articles like this literally every year. 20, 2021 is the same thing. 2020 was the same thing. 2019, 20. I mean, we can go back um, far and far and far. Even in the article, they said this, this might be, or rather 2021, it was the seventh year in a row that we've been having a, um, a larger or heightened hurricane season. So this is following a pattern. And I just bring this up because Jesus talks about this to us in uh, Matthew 24 concerning the signs of the end of the age. Uh, Matthew 24, I'll just start in verse um, 3 here. The disciples asked Jesus after he talked about the destruction of the temple. He prophesied about the destruction of the temple. That happened in 70 AD. And they asked him in verse 3 of Matthew 24, um, the, the Bible says, Now as he stood on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, what will these things be? And what will be the sun your coming of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. So we often note that first he talks about deception, which we're seeing as a prevalent thing uh, nowadays. Verse 5, For many will come my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will see many. And you'll hear wars, rumors, wars. We are seeing that. Uh, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but then it is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All these things are beginning of sorrows, or as other translations render them, birth pangs, which means that as the second coming of Christ draws closer and closer, these things will increase in frequency and intensity, specifically in the tribulation. But I mean, right now, we're already starting to see foreshadows of that, right? Casting, we're already starting to see the shadows of the tribulation. Um, casting right now in our time. So news like this shouldn't surprise us. The world blames it on climate change. We know what's actually going on, just about prophecy being set up, coming to life in our time. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's so important because Bible prophecy revolves around two factors. It revolves around the time uh, of the Gentiles being fulfilled with the church, um, becoming diminishing, uh, and Israel becoming greater again, so that the final week of uh, Daniel, uh, the final week of the tribulation, uh, will take place. And so this is so important to understand that. So we're seeing a lot of these things take place with climate change, with violence going on, because that's actually what Jesus predicted, right? He said it was going to be like the days of Noah. Great violence was going to take place. 
um, perversion was going to take place, great perversion, um, and everyone was going to do what was right in their own eyes. And you're seeing this, right? You're seeing people going into stores and t looting stores. Um, out here in, in the um, uh, Southern California, there's a gang of home invaders, and they have literally hit over uh, 150 homes, uh, all the way from Los Angeles to um, uh, two hours east uh, in the Inland Empire, uh, to all the way down south in San Diego, 200 homes. And uh, they can't catch them. They have no idea. It's a, a major gang. It's the same group doing it over and over again because everyone thinks they want to do what's right in their own eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Yeah, that's what we've been seeing. I mean, 2021 and 2022, um, 2020 TOO, not this year. So 2020 and 2021 were years where we saw a huge increase in violence in major mm -hmm. cities. Minneapolis, I mean, we saw what happened in Minneapolis after uh, George Floyd um, was killed with part of the city literally scorched. Um, and then violence erupted, car lootings and everything you're talking about, um, store lootings in, you know, California, many parts went up because people would go in, um, all the government will do there is say, hey, you know, you can rob up to 900 or $900 worth of stuff. And after that, if, if you rob, you know, over 900, you just kind of get a slap on the wrist. So it basically incentivizes looting and lots of stores had to close down in several areas. So yeah, that's what we're definitely seeing. Isn't it, interesting, isn't it interesting that the idea is that uh, the Antichrist is described as a man of lawlessness? Mm -hmm. What's interesting about that idea is it, it represents rebellion against God, but it also represents going against the law, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, isn't it interesting that the groups that are screaming the loudest about defunding the police are also the groups that are tied to Satanism? Isn't it interesting that, that, that that's going on? And by the way, at the same time all the violence is going on, hey, this week, 101 earthquakes happened around the world, 4.5 or greater. That, yeah, that or, not a coincidence, folks. Not a coincidence. Hey, what else do you have? Seen yeah, so CBN News, um, they talked about a comment that Biden made concerning Taiwan. Um, as you guys know, Ukraine, Russia, that's still going on. Uh, China has been sending some planes and things over the Taiwan airspace several times. I mean, it's been going on for years, but it's been kind of increasing. Um, they've been saying, hey, it's military drills and whatnot, but people think they're like actually considering taking over Taiwan right now. They've been making some moves. Um, they've been having meetings concerning, okay, what would happen? Like, how can we kind of take care of ourselves economically? If somewhere to happen, people think that they're trying to prepare for possibly taking over Taiwan and getting sanctioned. They're trying to prepare for that. So there's a lot of stuff going on that's in the news. Um, but on May 23rd, CBN News posted, Biden, U.S. would intervene with military to defend Taiwan. So essentially, Biden was asked, hey, would you defend Taiwan in the case that China invades it? And they're like, yeah. And uh, <laughs> a lot of us, we know that that's basically saying World War III. That's green lighting for World War III. And that's, that's not good. Um, so the article says, President Joe Biden said Monday the U.S. would intervene militarily if China were to invade Taiwan, saying the burden to protect Taiwan is even stronger after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Biden in news conference, Tokyo said yes. When asked if he was willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if China invaded, he said that's the commitment we made. Um, so I posted this article in my story earlier in the week, and I, I said 
I gave my thoughts. I said two things. One was that based on a track record we've been seeing with Afghanistan, Ukraine, where the U.S. administration does nothing, I'm kind of skeptical that the Biden administration would actually intervene militarily in this. So that's my thought. I could be wrong. You know, we've talked about how they're a really large chip uh, supplier or uh, creator. They create a lot of the world's chips. So if China were to try to take Taiwan, a lot of nations may not be happy about that because that would really cripple the world system. You know, um, so, and I want to just say one comment on this. Yeah. You want to see an uproar in this country? You tell a bunch of liberals from San Francisco that they can't drive their Teslas anymore because there's no chips for them. Actually, you're going to have war over that. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That bad maybe think I'm, that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm no, not. it would be a big deal because the chips, it's literally, we told you guys like months ago that, hey, you might be sitting there and be like, computer chips, you know, I don't need a new laptop. But the thing you have to understand is these chips they're making aren't just in laptops. You're a oh. car dealer. They're in cars too, right? Right. But, but I mean, you, you think about it, you mess with a, with a, with a Prius in San Francisco. I mean, that's like a major crime up there. You take away their cappuccino machines cause they don't have the microchips to do it anymore, man. You're going to have a bunch of progressives wanting to start a war. I mean, it's going to be bad news. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do without their cappuccino machines and their, and their Tesla hybrids, you know, electric cars. Sorry. They're not hybrids they're electric. Mm. But I mean, this is serious. I mean, it, 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 so Biden's got to say something like that, you know, just to mm -hmm. put everyone in San Francisco and Portland, Oregon and Seattle, put them in a nice, calm demeanor, you know, lull them back to sleep. So <laughs> and it's, it's a tragedy. I mean, you should see the angry responses because no one's been able to actually see a lyric in California right now. It's crazy, which is uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, um, electric car for uh, Cadillac. People are in an uproar. When am I getting to see the lyric? I want to order one. Oh, it's like a riot. It, it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. So that's... wait till you can't get your electric chip for your electric car and your electric cappuccino machine. That's going to be tough. Oh, and, and by the way, you won't get, you get your new iPhone 26 or whatever it is that's coming out next. And, uh, yeah, so it'll affect phones, it'll affect, you know, general appliances we use. That'll be a big deal. Uh, but if they do go to war over this, again, that's World War III. Why that's so important is because what's currently going on in Ukraine uh, between Ukraine and Russia is currently crippling the world, right? We've been talking about weed and everything like that, uh, how it's um, diminishing the food supply. And they're warning that, man, by the end of the year, it's going to be, a, you know, food catastrophe and all these things, COVID compounded with that. So imagine China getting to war with Taiwan, with the U.S. and different allies. That would be like the straw that breaks the camel's back, essentially. So um, I'm not saying that that's what we're going to see. But I mean, with everything we've been seeing in these past few years, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised for further escalation to set up, you know, what's been going on. So... Uh, you, know, you know, we're here, we're talking about, you know, the different things that are going on with war and violence. Um, I, I think this is a good moment to, to kind of talk about the elephant in the room, which is what has happened in the state of Texas with the gun violence there. Um, look, we're going to see more violence erupt. The Bible talked about it. We just kind of spoke on the scriptures of the violence erupting in Matthew 24. Things becoming like the days of Noah. But there's this attitude going on and immediately in california um reactionary governor newsom 
quickly passed gun control laws, you know, uh, aimed at stripping more rights away from owning a gun, um, ammunition restrictions. It, it was hysterical. But the problem is, is that's doing away with something that has no effect on the actual problem, okay? Gun control is the symptom. Um, the disease is greater. And so uh, here, here's the biggest issue that I want to bring up. Video game violence. It teaches children how to shoot very accurately. They've done tests on this. The military uses video games for this very purpose. Um, then you have Japanese animation. And not all, uh, but the majority of Japanese animation is very violent. Um, it, in fact, it's very dystopian. I can think of um, uh, the animation series 86, which is about uh, children being used as cannon fodder in a war against other um, groups. Um, you have uh, one of the big, most popular series out there, the Gundam series of Jan Japanese animation. The most popular part of that series, uh, of that franchise, was actually something called Orphan Gun uh, Gundam, which was about orphan kids fighting combat um, and uh, fighting for their independence, uh, both their financial independence. You had things going all the way back to even in the simpler days in the 80s, you had Macros, which is about young kids and a young teenage singer um, uh, fighting in mechs and, and combat and, and, and so forth. Um, but you also have incorporated in all that violence. You have magical stuff, demonic symbols, imagery, pornography in the Japanese animation. Um, and all that coinciding with the rebellion of this young man uh, erupting out is it's, it's all coming to a boiling point. And it's not just the guns because no gun wakes up in the morning, gets up and decides to go kill someone. A human being has to be behind that gun to do it. And what's triggering it? It's the promotion and lust for violence. It's the lust for violence, the lust for things of this world that are evil. And I think that's the bigger issue. That's the disease that really is at the core of it. Um, and you have one more point to add on to that, I think, was, which is really brilliant. I want you to talk on it. Yeah, I wanted to say, too, that um, I think I talked about this a little bit in my story, and I said that, you know, what we're seeing, too, is ultimately the ramifications of a society moving away from God, right? And there's always different factors, to it because we do know that, um, I mean, there's studies done in terms of, like, I was sharing with you, I think I watched a program uh, from all of your ministries where they talked about this kind of thing, not gun violence specifically, but just, like, parents, you know, marching with their kids watch, and they cited studies about how, you know, from a child when they were this age, like 18, they watch like shows which depict people dying, like a thousand people dying, or, you know, hundreds of, of scenes of violence and things like this. So it definitely affects us, desensitizes us to the violence. Um, Cody talked about fatherlessness. That's also a thing that kid didn't really have a father, he came from a poor home. We know that in the black community, like 60% of the, the black community does, don't have a father. And that's a really huge contribution to the violence, to drug use, to um, sex outside of marriage, pregnancy, and things like that. And But obviously, the ultimate symptom here is sin, and it's the godlessness of this nation. So if we push God out and we say, God, we don't want you anymore, 
we shouldn't be surprised to see this result, unfortunately. So we definitely need to pray for our nation, um, pray for the healing for that family that experienced this, and just pray that, they, that the Lord use this opportunity to open people's eyes to the truth and, and point them to uh, the salvation they can have in their son. So that's the ultimate message, I think, that uh, we need to be sending as believers in this, that, hey, yeah, this is a broken world, this is violent, this isn't God's fault, this is our fault because of sin, and point them to Christ. Amen. Um, Amen. So speaking of agendas, all right, we know that there's a satanic agenda to bring out more violence. Um, we know that there's a satanic agenda for the perversion. Um, but there is another agenda that is out there um, and um, that is going on. And, and in the last couple of weeks, I've really been in my personal devotion time and in my study time for upcoming series, um, I've really been talk thinking about the church a lot and its role and the agenda of the church, the agenda of Israel. Um, last night, we talked about the differences between Israel and the church. Uh, but there's something else that's going on, and, and what is the purpose of the church, right? And who is the church made up of, right? And these questions come to play because they're important questions when you're looking at and trying to understand your theology um, and to be very accurate in it. Well, something came up at the World Economic Forum, and we kind of talked about a lot about the World Economic Forum. Yeah. But one of the things that really came up that was kind of surprising was how much the Vatican was involved with the World Economic Forum. We kind of overlooked that in, in it. And what came out in the last couple of days is a ton of news about the Vatican's involvement in the World Economic Forum. So according... Um, to uh, Father Chayero, uh he says that the church intends to implement policies and programs to put the practice uh, and the issues conveyed by the World Economic Forum. So it wants to implant, implement the World Economic Forum agenda. Now, this is kind of a, a scary thing because this is the first time when a uh, religious organization is now adamantly pushing for the agenda of the World Economic Forum. Now, just so that everyone doesn't think that this is like some sort of fake news, and uh, I want to bring this up real importantly, because it is probably one of the biggest things. The Vatican News itself came out and articulated the article mm -hmm. on their own and said, yep. yeah, it is our intention to push the agenda of the 2030 agenda of the World Economic Forum. And what does that mean? More abortions, um, sex trafficking. I mean, all these things are there. They're dedicated to the themes of the forum. And that's a big deal. Okay, one more thing. And I want to bring this up. And that is this quote. Pope... Francis put in place something called the Global Solidarity Fund. And, and this is what it says on the outside of it, but then we're going to look at the direct quote from them. A world where everyone has access to social and economic opportunities and a healthy life and where essential human dignity is fully respected. And this is what they say. This is their inspiration. GSF, Global Solidarity Fund, 
is inspired by Pope Francis' leadership and ambitious vision and is focused on empowering the most vulnerable in line with the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. GSF goals are consistent with the mission values and teachings of the Roman Catholic Church. And that is something that we need to think about for a second here, right? Why is that a big deal? Because they're saying they're in line with a man-made agenda, 2030 agenda, that contradicts the values of Scripture. What's your thought on this? <laughs> it's, it's crazy because... Uh, Brother Stefan was the one to actually introduce me uh, to this today. He sent me the articles. He's like, you got to read this. And I read it and I was like, wow. And I'm not surprised. He shared on uh, Fiction Watcher's story. He posted on Proof of Your Faith. Uh, and lots of people are talking about it. Lots of people are sharing it. But I mean, you guys heard it from the horse's mouth themselves, right? From the Vatican News Source, from the Global Solidarity Fund, which is part, which is related to the Vatican, which is related to Pope Francis. And I got a little bit here to read off as well. From Vatican News, that same article that Bastan is reading from, again, they, they said the Catholic Church is already committed to the various issues considered at the World Economic Forum in Davos, both globally and locally. That's from this Vatican News source. They, the Catholic Church is committed to this. Uh, from the Global Solidarity Fund, the Global Solidarity Fund is convening leaders from the Catholic community at World Economic Forum Davos, Switzerland, for dialogue with leaders from the private nonprofit and public sector. So guys, this is the same World Economic Forum that we've been talking about since 2020, who, you know, Claude Schwab is the head of it. He's been calling for this global reset, this uh, globalistic move. He's been talking about this fourth industrial revolution. Um, Yuval Noah Harari is like kind of right-hand man, this guy that really has power with um, Claude Schwab that like speaks to him, Claude Schwab listens to him. Uh, different people too, like Obama, and, Lots of famous people listen to Yuval Noah Harari, who's an Israeli, um, who's part of the World Economic Forum. He's talking about the transhumanism, that Jesus Christ rising from the dead is fake news and all this stuff. Uh, some more news came out. I'll touch on it later. But um, from the World Economic Forum, um, one of, I think, 2018, Pfizer CEO um, pitched a pill with a chip in it that will monitor if you, like, took it or not. And he said, Imagine the compliance. That's World Economic Forum. Those are the guys gathering there. Another person, Mali Baba, uh, the CEO of Alibaba, uh, was uh, he brought out an individual carbon footprint tracker so people can monitor, you know, where you're going, how are you going there, what are you eating? So I say all this to tell you guys, these, this is the goals of the World Economic Forum. The Catholic Church is saying we're aligning ourselves with these goals. 2030, we know Agenda 23 UN is all about that as well for their global governing system. Um, so it's just amazing that they're they're all they're all aboard onto it. So and I'm not too surprised as well because I know for years now Pope Francis has been saying that oh you know we need um, you know uh, we don't need nation states and things like that. We need few leaders to take control of the whole thing and then one man to head to head it all. And Revelation talks about that, right? Ten leaders who will give their parts to the Antichrist. So Pope Francis is pushing this. He's been pushing climate change. He's been uh, flip-floppy on homosexuality, and he's been flip-floppy on abortion, things like this. Um, so, yeah, I'm, yeah not, I'm not surprised. You bring up something important. So almost everyone that was at the World Economic Forum is an advocate, almost cult-like advocate for abortion, right? I, in fact, I, I don't think there was one person there who, who you could look at and go, maybe it was pro-life, right? Right? 
And um, now, what's interesting is this Father Torelli that really made the statement for the Catholic Church, and I, I want to emphasize this, he was not only a liaison, okay, but he's head of one of the big charity organizations of the Catholic Church. So he was, he's put in charge of a Catholic Church organization, charity, um, that is actually um, benefits seafarers uh, um, and, and those who are out in uh, fishermen and their families. So it's, it's a really good charity, okay? But the agenda behind the charity is, that's kind of like the mask. The secret plot behind it is actually more dangerous. And he is a, li a liaison to the World Economic Forum. He is also partnered with uh, this Global Solidarity Fund. Uh, which you can see is just pushing the World Economic Forum agenda, the 2030 agenda. So when someone says, oh, you know, th th this is just some guy who, work who is a Catholic priest, he's nobody, that's not true. He's not part of some weird order uh, within the Catholic Church. He is part of the order of the Catholic Church. Um, and uh, it means that their agenda is coming from the very top. Pope Francis... It's out throughout the priests within the Catholic Church, um, within the within the Vatican. I want to say, and so the question is: um, Are there Christians within the Catholic Church? I'm sure there are. Um, they are part of the body of Christ. Uh, but is this agenda part of the body of Christ? Absolutely nope. not. It's not. Why? Because as believers in Jesus Christ, we don't support abortion. We don't support socialism. We don't support communism. We don't support a one-world government. We don't support globalism. Uh, we support one thing. Our agenda is in line with Jesus and the Word of God and nothing else. Yeah, well put, well put. And just I just want to say a bit more because this is so important, guys. You don't see – because the World Account Forum, they don't just allow anybody in there, right? I think it's like 2,500 people. Uh, I heard that there was a guy, an independent journalist that tried to go there. He was arrested by what we believe to be the police of the World Economic Forum. Now, you know, the internet will say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. I, I didn't look into it too much, but something happened. They didn't let this guy in. Um, but somehow the Catholic Church just happens to be there. I don't see an uh, evangelical group there. I don't see, you know, <laughs> any people we, that we know there they're preaching the gospel why is it the catholic church um and i don't think we should be surprised and i think part of this goes into about prophecy that one day there will be also one world uh religious system but what we see in the bible is that we have this global system and we also have like a religious aspect of it right so we talk about like babylon for example there's like commercial system a religious system to make this go and lots of um people who are globalist in mindset they always talk about uniting their financial system and government system with the religious system you need a religious system there for people to to comply with everything else so we have pope francis for example saying that oh you know mother earth and climate change and this is the only world that god gave us and this so they add a religious twang to everything that the globalists say to give people further you know further push to go along with it so for that reason, I'm not, I'm not too surprised that the Catholic Church is like headlong into this. And I think they'll be playing a bigger role uh, as the years continue in terms of this globalist system that's being built. Yeah, it is a, I would say it is a, a serious issue to pay attention to um, as a Christian. Look, 
this is not, I'm not here to bash, bash Catholics. I'm, in fact, I'm, I'm here to address the Vatican, uh, literally. Um, and that is, look, if you want people who are on the Protestant side to stop thinking that the Pope is the false prophet, then stop acting in a manner that promotes what people are seeing in Scripture. Yeah. This is this is exactly why people keep looking and going, it's the Catholic Church, the false prophets, the Catholic Church, it's the Pope, blah, 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 blah. I look at it and go, I, I can't really, I don't necessarily think I agree with it, but I can't fault them for it, and I can't say they're wrong for it, you know? I mean, uh, I think the jury's still on it in, in my book. I don't know about you, but... I, I agree. It, it makes sense. And I, I look at it and go, yeah, they're... I mean, you're pushing this socialist one world government stuff. I got to say, false prophet makes sense to me. I mean, I get why you're talking about that. But it doesn't make me happy. Uh, It actually saddens me because there's so many decent and good Catholics um, who I have met who I and many of them love Jesus. I met one the other day and, and we talked for a while and I asked her a bunch of questions and and she convinced me that Jesus is her Lord and Savior. She doesn't pray to Mary. She doesn't pray to the saints. Um, she prays to Jesus. She goes, oh, no, I, I only pray to Jesus. And um, and there's a few of them out there that, that do that. And I look at that and go, okay, man, she, she, she knew what it meant to be a Christian. She believed that Jesus died for her sins. She was grateful that Jesus died for her sins. She believed that God raised him from the dead. I, I went through the whole thing with her, and, and she was like, yeah, yeah. She goes, she goes, you're almost Catholic, she said. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I said, no, no, I'm Protestant, but I, we believe in the same Jesus. And that's what the thing is. It's not what church you belong to. It's who your Savior is. And if you think your Savior is the world, you're in trouble. If you think your Savior is the church, you're in trouble. If you think your Savior is Jesus, you're saved. Yeah. And then... Uh... I just wanted to comment on what Cody said because he says that, yeah, you know, he agrees with the comment that, hey, there are some, you know, people who are Catholic, who are in the Catholic Church, who, just like you elaborate to us, who do believe, who have come to the knowledge of truth that God got through all that falsehood, they're saved, but they're still in there. And in those situations, I definitely agree with Cody, get out. <laughs> You've got to get out. You cannot stay. If you're a believer in that system, whether it's Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, whatever, whatever cult or a false uh, religion, you've got to get out if you're a true believer and actually get somewhere you can truly get fed. Um, but obviously that's a different conversation. But yeah, I agree with everything you said there. A- absolutely. I'm going to say the same thing. Look, we did an entire apologetics on Bethel Church. And what was the one thing we said there? Get out, right? Get out. You know, if they're teaching these things uh, that are so morally reprehensible, um, and go against God's word, then you have no choice but to get out. Because we don't put our faith in a church. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. And by doing so, we become part of the body of Christ. Amen. And uh, that's why Jesus himself told one church in Revelation, um, I think it's 3, 5. If you don't, don't change, I'm going to remove your lampstand. Jesus threatened one of the seven churches. He said, I'm going to remove your lampstand if you don't change. Yeah. Serious, serious thing that Jesus takes on with that statement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
but as as we see in Revelation two, rebukes those who he loves. So which is which is the great uh, grace we get from the Lord. Um, but just moving on, I just want to move to in terms of like technology, what's been in the news with that, and we also want to talk about the Middle East because there's a lot going on. Uh, like I mentioned earlier at the World Economic Forum, um, Alibaba CEO talked about this individual carbon tracker thing. I wanted to go into a little bit of details concerning that. And again, as as you're listening to me talk about these things, remember these are the kind of people that the Vatican are trying to buddy buddy up with. Uh, so Chinese tech giant Alibaba is developing a digital individual carbon footprint tracker to monitor the actions of the public, to monitor the actions of the public. The firm's president announced the Globalist World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland on Tuesday, just this past Tuesday. Speaking at its Strategic Outlook Responsible Consumption WF panel in Davos, Alibaba Group President J. Michael Evans said that his company will be introducing more surveillance systems within China in order to usher in a so-called greener future because China needs even more surveillance systems right now. Uh, and if you guys don't know, Alibaba is basically the Amazon of China, by the way. So everything he's doing is for this Chinese company that will be developed in China. But obviously, this can expand beyond China. So he says, we are developing through technology the ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. Listen to this, where they are traveling. How are they traveling? Where are they eating? Where are they consuming on the platform? The former Goldman Sachs banker, uh, Goldman Sachs banker dubbed the project the individual carbon footprint saying, stay tuned, we don't have it operational yet. This is something we are working on. So they're actively working on it. And just in closing, uh, the article mentions, in addition to creating a carbon footprint tracker, Evans said that the firm is developing a green travel map system in which we will be provided the best route, the most efficient route, and the most efficient form of transportation. And then if they take advantage of those recommendations, we will give them bonus points they can redeem elsewhere on our platform. So to me, I don't know about you guys, that sounds like the making of an alternative form of a social tracking system where, hey, we're gonna monitor your carbon footprint. If you do these right things that we say are correct by our standards, you'll get points. Um, but they're not saying yet that well, are there wrong things you can do? And if you do wrong things, what's going to happen there? They don't right. say that. Right. Well, I mean, we already know that. Um, oh, yeah. From China. We spoke about this, what, two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, what was China doing? They were public shaming, arresting, beating, um, uh, bullying was going on, group bullying, herd mentality, getting people online. And that's exactly what, what will happen with, with these guys because they're bullies. They're bullies with billions of dollars um, and, and lawyers that, you know, law firms that stretch from here to Alabama uh, thick so that you can't even penetrate them um, because they'll, they'll just tie you up in courts because they have money to burn. You know, What's, to them, a million dollars, a few million dollars in attorney fees is chump change. It's toilet paper. It's yeah. there to be burned. Exactly. And why this perfect and significant, where I usually go to, I can go to Daniel 7, uh, where we see this four, these four beasts, the fourth one being this Antichrist empire. And it talks about how it's going to trample the world. It's going to crush uh, the world in, in terms of the power and the scope of its power is going to be worldwide. But Revelation 13 also talks about this. Revelation 13, 7, talking about the beast, the Antichrist, was granted him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. And then concerning the mark of the beast, we see the same language. Everyone has to take the mark of the beast. So what we see developed in the tribulation is the Antichrist, the false prophet, have control 
over the world's population. And to do that, I mean, you can't, you can't do that by, you know, just having your foot shoulders, soldiers on the ground, you know, monitoring people. Um, you have to have some type of technological system to monitor this 24-7, real time. And you, and you can do these type of things with this type of technology they're talking about um, that monitors you. We're talking about uh, CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, where they can program what you buy. Oh, you know, you've gone past your digital carbon footprint for the, for the month, so you can't buy these things, and it's programmed in the currency. So this is how global control can be exerted over population if a global government is put in place with a global financial system. So this is what Revolution 13 is talking about. And this is what these people are openly talking about. What's crazy is that you tell the average person this, like, hey, the World Economic Forum, they're doing this meeting, they're talking about tracking us, and they'll be like, it's a conspiracy theory, <laughs> even though they're saying it out of their own mouths. Um, so this is where we're at right now, where you just have to listen. You just have to listen and look. It's not a conspiracy. It's literally just listen to what they're saying, uh, and they're just blatant about it. They don't care anymore. Um, so it's very interesting. Klaus Schwab, there's an article I saw uh, from Breitbart. He says the future is built by us. He was referring to those people who attended the, the meeting. And he was saying that they're building the future. And he was basically patting, patting everyone on the back, uh, figuratively speaking, that, hey, we're paving the way for the future here. And again, it's like, how much do you have to, how much do they have to say um, for we to really understand what they're doing here? So it's all out in the open. And I, firmly believe that what they're doing, God is obviously in control of it. They're just setting the stage for what the Bible says is coming uh, during the tribulation. Yeah, it, it, look, we're going to face persecution. Um, it, it all ends. Um, the tracking is going to happen. It's it's all going to come into play. And, and many Christians are going to die for their faith, true faith. And it's going to be in Jesus Christ, their faith in Jesus. Um I think one of the great examples we saw was from the Texas shooting. Um, and this is by CBN News. A uh, little girl um, shares post before she is killed. Jesus, he died for us. Nine-year-old Texas shooting victim shares gospel to social media before she died. One of the little girls who was killed in the horrific shooting at Robb Elementary School in uh, Uvalde, Texas, is being remembered for sharing the gospel on social media. Ellie Garcia, a nine-year-old victim on Tuesday massacre, had a posted a short video to TikTok about Jesus before she died. Hey guys, I just want you to give you a little catch-up, Garcia said in the 15-second video posted on Facebook by her father, Stephen Garcia. Jesus, he died for us. So when we die, we will be up there with him. In my room, I have three pictures of him. Wow. That was, that was her. Now, that moves me to tears as a father. I mean, that's, that's the kind of girl that I want, you know, that to, for my daughters to be like. I'm, I'm, I'm choking up here really hard. I'm sorry. But, um, man, I, I hope I go out that way as a Christian. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even hear that story, but... <laughs> What was that? Sorry, I missed it. That her last thoughts were on Jesus and not that she's about to be killed. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing for a nine-year-old girl. And like you said, uh, I mean, all 2021, we've been talking about how we're seeing increase in persecution, things like that. Uh, it's, it's just 
right there, right? Just ready to pounce on us. So we have to be ready for it. Um, again, we don't know how much we're going to face during the tribulation. We're not saying that, oh, next week, you know, people are going to come out and pitch forks trying to hunt down Christians. But the general trend we're seeing is increased persecution for the Jews and for the Christians, and it's going to explode in the tribulation. And it's just amazing to see that girl who, who died in a horrific way. Um, she posted that video of the gospel, and it's like, wow, like, could, could I do that if, if I was in that situation? Like, wow, that is amazing faith right there. Um, and now she's up with the Lord um, in glory. So, And I know her family misses her greatly, but wow, what an unbelievable bold post mm -hmm. to put on TikTok just minutes before you're killed. Yeah, very sad. Unbelievable. Got to keep those families in our prayers, guys. And, and, and again, the Lord can use situations like this. Not that they're good, but the Lord can use situations like this, like that girl, to, to share the gospel, to get the gospel out, to point people to the fragility of life, the life is frail, and that we need something beyond ourselves to save us. So uh, that girl definitely um, got that message um, and then sent that message out to the world as well. Um, we have 15 minutes left here, so I'm gonna try to speed this up. CBN News, just going to the Middle East now in terms of what's going on there. Uh, US brokering major deal between Israel, Egypt, and Saudis that could pave the way for normalization. So i read the article and talk about prophetic significance. The U.S. government is brokering talks to Egypt, Israel, and Saudi Arabia. That could be a step toward the Saudi kingdom officially normalizing ties with the Jewish state. Um, if successful, the agreement could be an important step towards Israel normalizing ties with Saudi Arabia. We've talked about Saudi Arabia a bunch. We've talked about um, Ezekiel 38 a bunch. Um, we know why this is so important. is because Saudi Arabia, or as Ezekiel calls them in verse 13 of Ezekiel 38, as Sheba and Dedan. So that region during Ezekiel's time was known as Sheba and Dedan. That was the people settling there. And it's now modern day Saudi Arabia. So I'll just read Ezekiel 38, uh, verse 13 quick. We know that these nations, Persia, Iran is Persia, um, Turkey, Russia, these other nations go against Israel for a spoil. And Saudi Arabia protests this. So verse 13 says, Sheba Dedan, the merchant Tarshish, and all their young lions will say to you, if you come to take plunder, if you gather your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to take great plunder. So they just protest. They don't do anything. But again, it's for Saudi Arabia to want to protest this, it means that Israel and Saudi Arabia are on good terms, are in a good relationship. And we also have to remember that decades ago, right, um, when you know Israel became a state, Saudi Arabia didn't like that. They're part of the Muslim nations that wanted Israel wiped out. So he went from Saudi Arabia being a sworn enemy of Israel to now Saudi Arabia. Now the news is saying, hey, are they going to, you know, are they going to finally do normalization? Uh, Saudi Arabia is this, Saudi Arabia is that. They're being nice to Israel. So it's a total 180. And we shouldn't be surprised because the Bible says that's what's going to happen. And that's being right. set up. Um, so, yeah, it's just amazing. You know, and, and that's the thing for a lot of people who believe in replacement theology. Yep. Okay, take Israel just for a moment out of the picture. What do you do with all these other prophecies about the Arab countries in the area, right? How do all of a sudden they, they mean nothing? I mean, that's the problem is that replacement theology doesn't just replace Israel. It, it tells you that the Arab countries that are prophesied about Israel – they can't come into play either. The problem is they've come into play. Yeah. Um, in order for Israel to become a nation, first, 
Egypt and Jordan and Saudi Arabia and Syria and Lebanon all had to come back as being nations again. They all had to come back. And that had to happen with the fall of the Ottoman Empire. So you want prophecy to come true, the first thing you do is you make the Ottoman Empire go away, you break it up, and all of a sudden you create a whole bunch of countries that suddenly show up in Bible prophecy. Wow. wow. That's coincidence. Yeah. Pretty amazing. But replacement theology doesn't look at that. They just go, oh, Israel's existence is because of black, you know, because of uh, the Masons. Hey, that's one argument I heard, right? That's I hear caused, that too. Okay, great. So the Masons also caused Jordan to exist? Uh, Saudi Arabia to exist? Lebanon to come back? And, oh, and Egypt to become a nation again? Wow. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, even for that argument, I mean, it just it just gets me. I, I what riles me up so quick is replacement theology. And, you know, you guys know this. Me and Brother Stefan are so adamant about denouncing it. But that argument of like, well, you know, uh, this person of the Rockefeller family, you know, bought the land and this and that. Let's just say, even if that happened, are we saying that God can't use the evil intentions of man to bring about His greater good? I mean, we see that right. all throughout the Bible. So who cares if a certain Mason or whatever? contribute to it. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. What we see is God's hand moved in human history to bring about his people. How God did that, that doesn't matter to us. The details are left to God. What we do see, though, is that as people are back and the prophetic time clock is ticking. So that's what's most important here. All other arguments don't even matter right now. Think about this for a moment. He used Cyrus to invade Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar's country, mm -hmm. right? Um, to, to to free the Jewish people and then to issue a decree that they could go back to their country and um, uh, and build the rebuild the temple, so and the walls of Jerusalem. So Cyrus was Persian, right? He used a, a Gentile in the Old Testament yeah. to bring about his sovereign will, yeah. and he not only used Cyrus, he predicted Cyrus four hundred years before. Cyrus was even born and mentioned him by name. By name. By name. Yep. Now that's mind blowing right there. Yeah, that's the guy I serve. So <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and, and, and God does that a lot. He did that with Josiah. He predicted Josiah almost 500 years before Josiah was born. Yeah, it's amazing. I think it was 200 years. I'm sorry, 200 years. It's amazing stuff. So, last article here I'm going to touch on, then we'll wrap this up, unless you have something else. But no, very important. Uh, two weeks ago, we were able to get to last week, but uh, the UFO stuff. So last year, uh, Congress or whatever came up this, you know, 14 page document, or I forgot how many pages it was concerning UFOs. Now, a year later, um, just the previous week, Congress actually had a session on it to talk about these things. So this is the sun. Um, U.S. has recovered wreckage from UFOs. The truth could change the world as we know it, says Congressman. So Representative Tim Burchett, long-term advocate for disclosure, told The Sun Online he has been informed by reliable sources that material has been recovered from the objects or craft that have been reported in the skies over the U.S. Uh, personally, I have uh, did a post, I think 2019, about how I think the Pentagon or something did confirm that they have wreckage from off-world vehicles, they said. So this has been talked about by multiple sources. The Tennessee Republican declined to elaborate further. He said the information had been passed to him in a classified setting. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, 
I've been told by multiple sources we have recovered something from these crafts or objects. Uh, UFO discussion in the U.S. shifted. Now listen to this. UFO discussion in the U.S. has shifted from conspiracy theories to a genuine national security concern after a string of servicemen and defense officials came forward regarding these strange uh, encounters. So he also explained that he does not believe the objects are advanced tech from Moscow or Beijing, as some have suggested. So the highlights here is that he's cluing in, different sources are cluing in that they have more, but they're not willing to discuss at this point. They can't say more. And they're saying that they don't believe it's, you know, human technology. Uh, they're saying they don't believe it's aliens, you know, from far, far away or whatever. Um, and then they're saying that this has come from being a conspiracy theory just a, several years ago to now it's like mainstream news, right? We've seen that shift. So we've talked about this a lot, guys. Bro Stefan and many other Christians believe that, hey, we believe that when the rapture happens, it's very possible they can use UFOs to explain the way. They have to explain it away somehow. Say that, oh my gosh, those Christians got raptured by, you know, or by got taken away by UFOs to to purge earth and cleanse earth so that earth, mankind can evolve into what, whatever lie, new age lie they think up of. But I believe that this UFO phenomenon we're seeing, which is increasing by the way, every year uh, is part of this. And it shouldn't surprise us that it seems like each year they're, they're even closer and closer and closer they're teasing it. But I think that the rapture is what's gonna, you know, open up the floodgates to quote unquote full disclosure. And we don't believe aliens exist, but we believe that they're fallen angels or they're demonic in origin. So. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding. I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, hey, tomorrow night, uh, it's uh, Saturday Apologetics. Um, I'll be doing a topic on um, the church tomorrow uh, based off of Jesus' statement to Peter. Um, Peter, upon this rock, I will build the church and the greats, gates of hell will not prevail. We're going to ask, what does that mean? Who is the rock uh, that Jesus is referring to? Uh, and we're going to look at it uh, biblically tomorrow night here on uh, Fig Tree Watchers. So join us at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, one hour earlier than tonight, which is when we start on Saturdays. Uh, other than that, uh, you're going to be joining us again next Friday. Uh, we'll be back here on Fig Tree Watchers for Friday Night Prophecy. And then um, uh, we also are on uh, figtreewatchers.com. And you can listen to the replay of this broadcast here on Instagram or on podcast form. And what podcast platforms are we on, Io? Google. We're on Amazon now. Um, uh, what's the what's the Anchor? I almost said Echo. I don't know what <laughs> Echo is. I think I was thinking of Amazon Echo. We're on Anchor. Um, iTunes, we're, we're on any major podcasting platform, so you guys can find us. On Including those. Spotify too, right? Including Spotify, exactly. Yep. So we're on all of it. And by the way, um, we really appreciate, um, we're averaging 25 uh, viewers, uh, and it's it's pretty amazing. So we really appreciate that per episode. Um, thank you so much, uh, and how fast the podcast platform is actually growing. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, last thing before I close here, I just want to leave with a scripture and just tie this all back, why we talk about these things. Uh, for the believer, we talk about these things to encourage you, um, and Bible prophecy should also uh, exhort us to live holy lives, right? So we see this, I love this passage, it's 2 Peter 3, 10, um, uh, 2 Peter 3, verse 10 to 13, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, which the heavens will pass with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. 
Therefore, since all these things be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. So that was a lot. But what Peter is saying there is that, hey, because we know that the rapture is going to happen, because we know that we're going to be taken by the Lord, that the tribulation is going to happen, that eventually this current earth and heaven will be burned up, and there's going to be a new one created, how should we act? We should act in holiness. We should act in anticipation, looking forward to these promises to be fulfilled. Absolutely. Um, so encourage us, yeah. And then for non-believers, if you're listening to this, watching this right now, or listening after the fact, uh, we encourage you to just believe on Jesus Christ for your salvation. Uh, we don't want you to go into the tribulation, but even more importantly, James, the book of James is clear that our life is like a vapor. You're a day gone tomorrow, which I alluded to earlier. Um, so that means that you're not guaranteed tomorrow. So today's the day of salvation, as Paul says. Die for your sins, rose on the third day. Um, and so we just, we exhort you to uh, trust in Christ. And you can also listen to our podcast and apologetics to see why you can believe the Bible is reliable, why you can believe that Christ was real, why you can believe that he actually was crucified, died, um, was buried and rose again, the evidence we have for that. So we exhort you to check those out as well and make this great decision for eternal life. Amen. Amen. Hey, that's it for tonight here on Fig Tree Watchers. Thanks for joining us here on the West Coast Gospel Hour. And we will see you uh, tomorrow night. God bless. And I hope we will see you next week. Take care. Good night, everyone.